You're listening to Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. So one of our voices that we have repeatedly gone back to for insight on many of the troubling macro issues facing our world, including the virus, is Jamie Metzl. He is Senior Fellow at Atlantic Council, Technology Futurist, former directory, uh, former director, excuse me, on the U.S. National Security Council at the State Department and on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. And we've talked to him, too, about his latest books, Hacking Darwin, Genetic Engineering and the Future of Humanity. Today, he is talking about global leadership. We, te- we tease this at the top of our show which plays into a conversation that we had with Business Week economics editor Peter Coy and 2019 Nobel laureate Michael Creamer at Harvard. So Jamie joins us on the phone in New York. Um, global leadership, global cooperation. We've talked about it a lot, Jamie, when it comes to getting things done, and that includes the virus. You sent out a pledge this week. I got it. I saw it. Tell us about it and your goal here. Sure. So, Carol, great to be with you. Um, I was so frustrated in the beginning of this crisis, um, and I was looking at asking the question, why couldn't we as a world respond to this pandemic? And when I looked deeply at that problem, the answer was the same as every other big challenge that we face. Why can't we solve climate change? Why can't we solve ecosystem destruction, everything else? And the challenge is, that there's just a mismatch between the global nature of the biggest problems we face and the national way we're organized to address them. And that's, we have this world where every country is fighting for its own thing and nobody is fighting for all of us. And the concept that, that really ties us all together is interdependence. We're all not just one species and one humanity, but we're one biosphere, one world and we really have to have to come together. So what the new movement um, that I and hundreds of people uh, from all around the world have formed, it's called One Shared World. And we're asking people uh, to go to our site, which is oneshared.world, and sign our Pledge of Interdependence. We've collaboratively drafted a declaration of interdependence, which doesn't mean we want to get rid of states or the United Nations, which is now more essential than ever. But it means that we have to come together as one humanity to solve our problems. And it's not just pie in the sky. It's actually we have a very, very practical plan of how we can do that. So I want to get into the plan in just a minute, Jamie. But I have to ask you, you know, this unfortunately flies in the face of how everything has been trending even pre virus and this is something we've talked about with you and so how do you go about un not just undoing something but really reversing course in a lot of ways it's a really essential question it's the essential question because right now we have two instincts in face in the face of this challenge and we have to ask which is the right one on one hand we all everybody has this instinct to hunker down, to turn inward, um, to protect our own thing. And that's when we talk about shutting down borders and, and living in gated communities. There's a natural human fear response. But in the, in, look at this pandemic, the, that we're not better off uh, because we shut down our borders. The virus was already here. And so when you read the virus has taught us that we are all interconnected and this whole thing, well, I'm going to look out for me, 
and you're on your own, even if you're the most, the greatest nationalist on earth, when you're fighting a, a virus that's spread around the world, you have to recognize that your health resides in other people. And whether it's the most vulnerable people in this country or the most vulnerable people elsewhere, we're all, we're all connected. And this is a moment, in many ways, it's similar to 1918 at the end of World War I, when there were these same two impulses. There was, as you, as you guys know, this America First is what it was called, uh, yeah. movement. Char- Charles Lindbergh and others were part of it. And they said, everybody take care of your own thing. Let's, and that was the world that was built. And that world was so unstable that it led to its own destruction in the Second World War. And at the end of the Second World War, we realized that we needed to do something different. Uh, and the forces of inclusion were, were ascendant, and that's why we got these amazing institutions like the United Nations. But the problem that we face is they were, that the states never really let, let these international institutions function as they could, and that's why we're trying to create a third force in the world, which is a social movement uh, and political force representing the common aspirations democratically expressed of all humans. It's, it's audacious, but we think necessary. Jamie, where's the problem? Is it corporations who preach the importance of globalization and being able to tap into all markets? You know, but yet sometimes I don't know if <laughs> they follow it on other others, other, you know, areas. I mean, where's the problem? Is it a political problem? Is it where is the breakdown yeah. predominantly? So, so what I will say is that every organization and every entity um, has the potential to be part of the problem or part of the solution. Um, but if you had to say what is the, the problem, and is, is the biggest problem is that our political leaders are doing the exact job we've hired them to do. Uh, we have given them the job of representing our national interests, and they're doing that. And they're actually they're doing such a good job, it's destroying the world. Um, because now here in, in the United States, Let's just say that we are fortunate and the, uh, the COVID pandemic abates over the course of the summer. But it's likely it's going to grow in the Southern Hemisphere at that, at that same time. And so if this pandemic uh, and if the virus uh, goes in Sub-Saharan Africa and other places and it grows and mutates, and then it's going to come back here in the fall and we are going to be the ones who are harmed but you couldn't have a political leader say we're going to spend 10% of our health care budget helping the poorest countries in Africa. We would throw that person out of office, but maybe we would get more of a return on that investment. We would be healthier by recognizing our connectivity to others. Yeah, it's a really interesting point. And as Carol said at the top, it, it ties back uh, a lot to what yeah. – um, what Michael Creamer was saying to us yesterday, um, I just love that, you know, we sort of like quick flex that. It was like, oh, yeah, we were talking to a Nobel well, laureate yesterday, and now we're talking to a renowned author. You know, it's sort of what we do here. But saying. it all ties together, and I it do does. think people are starting to think about this on a much bigger, grander schedule uh, uh, level. Excuse me. We're going to continue talking yeah. to Jamie Metzl, uh, Senior Fellow at Atlantic Council. We'll come back to him in just a moment. Let's continue our conversation with Jamie Metzl, Senior Fellow at Atlantic Council, former National Security Council official. Joining on the phone from New York City. Also, we should point out the author of Hacking Darwin now in paperback. So pick that up. Yes. It's a great quarantine read. And 
in part because it does help us think more holistically about where we are right now. And, and Jamie, you know, something you said the last time you were with us has really stuck with me, and, and I'm guessing it led directly to this project that you were describing to us around One Shared World, which is we are going to look back on this and say, all right, so how did we change? What did we change in the midst of all this? And so I want to understand a little bit better about One, one Shared World. Like, what constitutes winning to some extent or, or success right. maybe uh, here in the short term? Yeah, it's a really great question because the world that we have lived in, that we've experienced, that we've loved in many ways, it's it was cracked and now pieces of it are, are breaking. I know there are a lot of, we talked about this last time, there are a lot of people who are just sitting this one out like a snow day thinking we're going to get our old lives exactly back and that's not, that's not going to happen. Um, and so what we need to do is to say, well, what, what wasn't working and what can we build back better? And certainly in, our last, in the last segment, I talked about 1918 at the end of World War I. Um, in 1941, in the darkest days of the war, the year the United States entered, Franklin Roosevelt, who Bob Mood mentioned in your, in your newscast, um, he was the one who, who led us. And he did a great job by articulating where we're heading. And that was the year that he articulated with uh, the Four Freedoms and with Winston Churchill, the Atlantic Charter. And it was a set of principles around which we could rally. And then four years later, on today, we had the victory in, in Europe. And so yeah. right now, in the middle of this, of this crisis, when people are afraid, we need to say, well, what does winning look like? Your, your question. And it means that we, we emerge from this stronger. And if we're all connected, it means that a, a world where we're having these terrible, terrible health disparities and COVID is highlighting them uh, because the, the inequality is showing up in the, in the casualty rates. And, but we're all less safe because of that. We were perfectly okay with 3 billion people in the world uh, living in, in extreme poverty. And yet, what we're realizing now is that we're all connected. So specifically to your question, I think that we need to, um, we need to change the way our institutions function uh, to recognize that we're all connected. And then if it's everyone for themselves, we're all going to be in, in worse shape. And that doesn't mean we need a communist revolution or a socialism or, or anything. We just need to have basic equity, basic fairness that will allow people to realize their full potential because of those 3 billion people who are living in extreme poverty, how many of them, if given half the chance, would invent the medicines that would save our lives, the machines? And so I just think we need to think differently about what it means to be part of a community and what responsibilities come with that. So if I can follow, if we put out a poll, I'm, I'm sure if you ask people, do you agree that everyone, there should be basic equity, basic fairness for everyone? I bet I'd like to believe, and I'm an optimist, that most people would say yes. But the process of getting there, you know, maybe some people might have problems with it because some people might have to give up something um, that they've gotten used to. And I just do wonder, just to dig a little deeper, Jamie, is how do we mm -hmm. get there? What's, what's, what would be the first step you would take or first two steps that you would take in providing sure. a more equitable and fair world? So let's just start with uh, here in the United States, which is uh, where, where we are. 
Um, and you have to keep – with all these questions, you have to ask why. And you kind of start with some kind of why at the end of the tale. And when you ask more and more whys, you arrive at the other side, and that's the, the real issue. So in the United States, we have a system that is becoming more unequal. And the reason is that the, when people become wealthier, when groups become wealthy, they're able to play the, in the political process more. They're able to hire lobbyists to fight over changes in the tax code and these little things that most people don't pay any attention to. And over time, uh, those inequalities magnify. And then you have situations where there's a whole group of people who are locked out. If you see the world as us versus them, um, then you think, well, that's too bad for them. If you see the world as us and us, then it changes. You look at immigration. Uh, There are so many people who are against immigration. How many of our biggest companies, Google, Intel, um, are founded by immigrants? And so I just think it's it's, it's on a national level and on an international level. As I was saying uh, before the break, for us to think that we have a uh, responsibility to help the most vulnerable populations in the world, that's not charity. It just means that my health, especially in the context of a pandemic, is only as well protected as the most vulnerable person in the Central African Republic or Bangladesh. or, or So there's, we have to change the way we think. Yeah. Uh, we have to change the institutions around that. But the thing is, it's not charity. We're all going to get better and stronger. And that's it, it, it's not inevitable that society be completely organized as it has been. As a matter of fact, there's a lot that's broken and we're suffering from that. And here in the United States, you know, we, we failed in our early response to this pandemic and we're dying because of it. We've got to do better. And we're all stakeholders in making those kinds of changes. All right. Well, uh, a note of optimism uh, to end on. Jamie Metzl, we always love catching up with you. Always a thoughtful way to go into the weekend. Jamie Metzl, senior fellow, Atlantic Council, former National Security Council official, author of Hacking Darwin, Carol. And, and I'll put it out on Twitter, but check out One Shared World. It's certainly provocative, and it will get a good conversation going maybe at your dinner table tonight uh, or your next Zoom meeting with friends.